You are now listening to The Model Health Show with Sean Stevenson. For more, visit themodelhealthshow.com. Welcome to The Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert Sean Stevenson, and I'm so grateful for you tuning in to me today. Our thoughts, our actions, and our results that we get in the real world are all first and foremost a result of our thinking. It's a result of our mindset. It's a result of our perception of ourselves and the world around us. Now, what if we were able to see ourselves in the best possible light? What if we were able to understand that we're going to go through struggles and turbulence and to still have compassion and patience and understanding for ourselves? What if we're able to lift ourselves up when we're facing our trying times and not to beat ourselves down even more when we are in a place of struggle. Now, like most things in life, it's a muscle that we've got to build to build up that resilience. And on this episode, I want to provide some of the most powerful insights from some of the most inspirational people that I know. And also we're talking about the leaders in their field when looking at motivation, when looking at performance, when looking at optimizing our mindset. So we're gonna be hearing from New York Times bestselling authors. We're gonna be hearing from the top people in the world, top motivational and inspirational speakers and strategists in the world to help essentially this episode today to remind you of how powerful you are, all right? Because that's another part of this equation. Yes, we wanna build this muscle, but part of that is being able to have people who are our training partners in our mindset to help us to remember to work those muscles and have these messages to refer back to when we need them. And for that, I have seven of the most remarkable human beings and their messages to remind you again how remarkable you are, how capable you are, and also how to traverse some of our challenging times with some simple changes to our perception, with some simple changes to our mindset. Now, before we get into these seven powerful messages, I wanna share a new study with you about coffee. Now, you know that I am big on science and staying up to date with the latest peer-reviewed research. Well, a new study found that by quitting coffee, you can have up to a 60% decrease of joy in your life. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was, of course, just a joke. There's not a study connecting quitting coffee to a loss of joy, but it might be anecdotal for many people. So this is not an advocation to quit coffee. However, what this is, is to be mindful of the studies that we are looking at. And with that said, I always like to cite the sources of where this information is coming from, and also to take a meta perspective and to not just hang our hat on one particular study. And what I like to do is look at studies that refute the benefits of coffee and look at the negative side and also on the other side of the spectrum, the potential benefits because the truth lies generally somewhere in the middle. And here's the thing, the vast majority of studies on coffee show a wide range of replicatable benefits in randomized controlled trials, so higher quality studies in the first place. Now, is this to say that everybody should be drinking coffee? Absolutely not. However, 
what we tend to see is blanket statements regarding coffee if somebody's had problems regarding coffee. And also, you've got to also keep in mind that we all have a unique metabolism for things like caffeine. They really can hyperstimulate someone's nervous system and also depending on where we are in our lives. But does that mean that this substance is bad for everybody or dare I say great for a nice amount of the population? Well, this speaks to a meta-analysis of 40 studies published in the European Journal of Epidemiology. And it revealed that regularly drinking coffee was associated with a lower risk of death from cardiovascular disease, from certain types of cancer, and all-cause mortality, reducing the risk of everything that you could die early from with folks who regularly are drinking coffee. Again, this was published in the European Journal of Epidemiology in 2019. Unlike the imaginary study finding that quitting coffee can have up to a 60% decrease of joy in your life. Now, to take this a step further, what about the metabolic benefits seen with coffee? Well, there's a really interesting connection between drinking coffee and the activation of our brown adipose tissue, which is a tissue that is incredibly metabolically active. It's brown because it has such a dense concentration of mitochondria. And this is where fat is actually burned. All right, when we lose fat from our fat cells, that's a process called lipolysis, but the fat doesn't actually get burned, quote, burned until it makes its way to our mitochondria. Now, a fascinating connection, again, between coffee and metabolism is highlighted in a recent study published in the journal Scientific Reports. Scientists from the School of Medicine at the University of Nottingham discovered that coffee is able to induce or influence the activity of our brown adipose tissue. The researchers used thermal imaging and found that drinking coffee actually lights up brown fat dominant locations on our bodies, indicating increased thermogenesis. Pretty remarkable. So we're talking about increasing or improving or activating the metabolic hardware on our bodies so that we're expending more caloric energy just automatically but I don't want you to run out to that average cup of coffee just yet because being that coffee is one of the most popular beverages in the world, it's also one of the most pesticide-laden crops in the world. There is a variety of pesticides used in growing coffee. And by taking a look at just one of them, you'll find a documented obesogen, AKA an obesity-causing agent that depresses our metabolic health. Chlorpyrifos is one of the most widely used pesticides in the world. In a recent study cited in the peer-reviewed journal Nature Communication stated, quote, Chlorpyrifos suppresses diet-induced thermogenesis and the activation of brown adipose tissue, suggesting it may contribute to the obesity epidemic. That is absolutely crazy. Again, we're looking at Coffee being this clinically proven beverage that can improve our metabolic health and activate brown adipose tissue, while at the same time, if it's containing pesticides, it can be suppressing and causing the absolute opposite of the metabolic benefits that we're trying to get. It blunts the activity of our brown adipose tissue. The solution here, you better make sure that your coffee is organic. If you're gonna drink coffee, organic is the priority. Number one. Number two, let's upgrade our coffee 
and get coffee that's infused with time-tested, science-backed medicinal mushrooms like lion's mane, like cordyceps, like chaga. Now, if we're just talking about lion's mane, lion's mane is being studied by researchers at the University of Malaya for its ability to protect the brain against neurodegradation and also against trauma. And it's one of the few substances that is now affirmed to help to stir about or to activate neurogenesis in the brain. All right, so this is the creation of new brain cells. It's pretty remarkable stuff and we can have this combined in our high quality coffee when we're getting our coffee from Four Sigmatic. Go to foursigmatic.com forward slash model. That's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com forward slash model. You get 10% off, at least 10% off, up to 15% off of their incredible coffees and mushroom blends. If you're not a fan of coffee, by the way, again, we're inclusive here, all right? If you're not a fan of coffee, you can get some of their incredible dual extracted mushroom elixirs. Now, there are lots of companies that are copycatting for Sigmatic with mushroom blends and with mushroom coffees. They are the original and they have the highest standards because I'll tell you right now, a recent study was done. They found that many of the mushroom products on the market don't actually have medicinal mushrooms in them. Number one, because the supplement industry is just largely unregulated. Number one, that's one loophole, which is a blatant lie, but there is lying by omission by having parts of the mushroom that don't have these benefits that we're talking about here, which is the mycelium versus the fruiting body. And Four Sigmatic is doing a dual extract of the most important, most clinically relevant viable parts of the medicinal mushroom. So you're actually getting what the studies are saying when we see studies affirming how cordyceps improves cardiovascular performance and improves sexual health. When we see studies indicating Chaka's remarkable benefits as an anti-cancer, when we see studies affirming how lion's mane helps with our mental health and cognition, go to foursigmatic.com forward slash model. That's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com forward slash model for up to 15% off, plus some of the incredible bundles that they now have available. foursigmatic.com forward slash model. And now let's get to the Apple Podcast Review of the Week. Another five-star review titled Informative and Fun by Pat's Love 12. I have been listening to Sean Stevenson for quite a while now. I love his passion and energy while I'm driving. I get morsels of facts and details that make me want to do better for my health and to spread the word. I am very into longevity and he lives up to the facts with peppy examples to help drive his points home. Awesome. That's what it's all about. And thank you so much for taking me with you on the road. Truly activating Automobile University. All right. We can hit play on an empowering podcast and get an infusion of education around nutrition, around fitness, around relationships. And of course, as today's episode is all about, around inspiration and being able to truly optimize our mindset so that we're more resilient, so that we're more creative, and so that we're building the capacity to create the life that we're truly here to live. And to kick things off, we've got a segment from a conversation that I had with New York Times bestselling author and the number one motivational speaker in the world today, Dr. Eric Thomas. Now in this segment, he's gonna be sharing with you how taking responsibility 
gives you a superpower and how your environment follows your character. Check out this segment from the amazing Dr. Eric Thomas. What part do you play in your own destruction? Own that, own that part. Don't put it on your wife, your kids, the country. Bro, I got some stuff I can say about every entity, but I'm telling you, bro, when I start taking full ownership, full responsibility, I literally got control, my control. And I woke up one day, bro, I was like, yo, I can't even believe I'm here. Like, I can't believe I went from that to this. Mm -hmm. But it's all because when you take responsibility, at that point, you get a power that is lended to you. There's a source, you know what I'm saying? That's like, yo, bro, I got you, I'm back you up. It's like when I used to be young and I played Miss Pac-Man and I get the banana, the strawberry, you know, the pear. You know what I'm saying? You start eating them jokers and you hitting the pop, boom. They running from me. It was like when I took responsibility, everything that once was attacking me is now running from me. Mm. And everything that I once feared, I'm chasing it. I'm going after it now. And it was all the power pill I didn't realize was ownership, was taking responsibility. <laughs> I so love excuses. They like dessert to me. <laughs> you know <what> I'm <laughs> I love, I absolutely love, you know, excuse. But honestly, excuses are again, not a human. You need to take responsibility, but now you're giving it though, you're giving your power away to a circumstance or situation. You feel me? And so people say to me all the time, like, yo, bro, you know, you should be talking about boom, 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 boom. You know, you got a platform. You know, you out here, why you not addressing? And I'm like, yo, I'm not addressing it. I'm not addressing it first in the way you want me to address it, because I'm addressing it. I'm not addressing the way you want me to. I'm not addressing it, on, on, you know, uh, on, on a podcast, but I'm out in the trenches, for real, for real addressing it. But what I will not do is I will not give the power that our young people have to any circumstance or situation. Because if there's a circumstance or situation that a human created, you have the power to overcome that because it was a human that created it. So anything a human does, as a human, you have a, you could counterattack the attack. So for me, the excuse is giving you an out from making your dreams and goals become a reality. And we can't do that. Like, it, we're in a no-fly zone. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's a no-fly zone. It's a no-excuse zone. Like, we cannot make excuses. Why? Because excuses create opportunities for us not to make it happen. So, when people say racism, bruh, bruh, that's it. That, okay, E, you call that an excuse? You can call it whatever you want to call it. It's not going to stop me and Diddy from living the lifestyle. We It's not going to stop me from PJN, first class in it. It's not going to stop me from Dubai, whatever. I don't care what my man think about the color of my skin. That's his problem. That don't have nothing to do with me and my family and my dreams and my goals. You're not about to stop me. I don't care what legislation you put together. I don't care what you think about me, what you say about me. It does not matter why, because that has nothing to do with this temporary experience called life that I only get so many years and I want to live it to the fullest. You, 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 that, this, that is not going to stop me from Didi, where you want to live, what you want to drive, what you want to eat. Oh, if, well, food is expensive in California. I could care less how expensive it is. Didi, what you want to eat? How often do you want to eat it? What color do you want? Do you want it room temperature hot? Like, well, yo, we got a temporary experience. So for me, excuses are the more complicated things that are meant to stop you from living the life you want to live. 
And so, no, I can't. We can't do excuses. We can only do execution. So this brings us to, this is probably my favorite quote in the book. Okay. It says, you can change environments, but until you change yourself, yeah. nothing will ever yeah. change. Yeah. Man, I just had friends that, you know, were substance abusers. I'll never forget. It don't, it don't matter what city I brought them to, bruh, they would find it. I'm like, yo, how you, how you find that? How you find that here? Who, who do you know that? You don't even know nobody here. How did you find, who did you, how did you? And it just showed me, it's like, yo, it's not the environment. The environment follows the human. The environment follows the human. It's not like, yo, I'm in this environment, but when I leave and I go to Kansas, that's gonna be a, no, it's not. Whatever environment you were in, in that city, you're gonna take that, you're gonna go to the next city and the cues and the clues and the rules are gonna be like, hey, here we go. You're looking for this, here it goes. We're looking for that, here it goes. And so for me, bro, when I travel, everybody was like, yo, how you know all these good people? Like how how you know people that you can leave your wallet, your wife, your kids? Like how do you how do you know so many good human beings? Like how are you with people that are not manipulative? Like man, why why you got friends that's constantly like pubbing you up and pubbing? Like why aren't they envious or jealous? Like why do y'all support each other in a way? Like how do you get that many friends that's so supportive? I was like, yo, when you become supportive, you you attract a supporter. When you be when you become when you become a person of standards and integrity, you attract the per. When you like, it's like yo, all y'all married, all y'all y'all not all happy, y'all y'all not all, all y'all kids that come on, it's not. I'm like, bro, it it when you become it, the environment supports what you become. It brings the right energy and the right people and the right human resources and physical resources and you know uh uh, uh material resources like. The universe is like, yo, this is who you are. So for me, it's like, bro, when you are, the the environment supports, you know, who you are. But for so long, I thought if I would just get out of my parents' house, my life would be better. I was homeless. Be taking you with you. I went with me. I was I was with me everywhere I went. I couldn't get away from me, <laughs> you know. And that's why I said, with a real Eric Thomas, please stand up. And I knew it was another Eric in there. And I wanted him to emerge and lead us and not the trifling, as my grandmother would say, um, the irresponsible, the, the, the victim dude. I didn't want him leading us no more. I wanted the victor yeah. to lead us. And he finally emerged and my environment changed and everything changed once, once he emerged. Like you said, I don't think that there's something that's gonna miraculously happen to you. I think that person is inside of you. Like you said, you just haven't, connected the mind, the body, the soul, like you haven't gotten on one of the cores in alignment with everybody to bring that that best person out. But I do believe for all of us, you know, that person is inside of all of us waiting desperately to come out. Pick me, yeah. Let me get me in the game. Yeah. Let me in coach, I'm, yeah. ready. I'm ready to take us to the championship. <laughs> all right, next up in this inspiration compilation, we have New York Times bestselling author, Mel Robbins. Now, Mel really helped to kick off the revolution of TED Talks. Her TED Talk is one of the most viewed of all time and a little known story that she shared on the complete episode. By the way, all of these segments you're gonna hear today, 
You can get the full episode in the show notes if you want to refer back to them or listen to the full conversation. But she shared with me something that a lot of people don't know is that that TED Talk that she did, that was really her first public speech or public talk she's ever done. All right, she had some experience in the courtroom in her former life as a lawyer. But to be able to speak on stage in front of people like that, it was her first time, which is crazy to know what came out of that. And in this segment, she's gonna be sharing some powerful insights about our feelings of worthiness, how a high five functions like a biohack for building confidence, including high-fiving yourself in the mirror, which just sounds so strange, but you're gonna hear why it's so effective. Plus, you're gonna hear about the most overlooked detail about affirmations. Check out the segment from the amazing Mel Robbins. So they wanted to know, what's the best way to motivate somebody through a challenging problem or a challenging situation? So they divide kids into three groups and they give them a very challenging problem to work on. And they use three forms of motivation. One is verbal praise in terms of praising a trait. We know this, fixed the fixed mindset. Hey, you are so smart. You're doing a great job, right? That is the least motivating way to help somebody through a challenging problem. The second group got the growth mindset, which is to praise somebody verbally for their effort. Oh my gosh, I see you working so hard. I see your grit. I see you putting in the effort. Great job. That certainly works better than telling somebody that they're smart because you anchor them down in something they control, which is the amount of effort they put in. The third group of kids working on a challenging problem got a simple high five from the researcher. No words, no nothing, just a high five. Those kids that got the high five they outworked everybody else. They had a better out. They had a better attitude. They worked through more challenges. They like 5X the whole thing. And the answer is why? Here's why. A high five communicates even more than I believe in you. We got this. Keep going. I celebrate you. I love you. A high five validates your most profound, fundamental emotional needs. Every single human being on the planet has three emotional needs. You need to be seen, you need to feel heard, and you need to feel celebrated and accepted for the unique individual that you are. When you receive a high five, especially during a challenging moment, you feel seen. You also feel heard because you feel like that high five represents the get that I'm going down. And you feel celebrated. It is a shared moment of emotional affirmation. And so we have for our entire lives looked outside of ourselves for that. We chase likes, we chase validations. We think if we're dating or married to the right person, it means that we're lovable. The truth is you got to learn how to give that to yourself. And I am here to tell you that if you create a habit in the morning, just habit stack it right with brushing your teeth, where you stand there, you be with yourself. You set an intention for how you're going to show up today. What game are you going to play? And then you seal that sucker with a high five. You are literally building in the habit of self-validation, self-support, self-respect, self-esteem, self-confidence, self-celebration. It is so freaking powerful. And I am so passionate about this, not only because I am standing on the research of people way smarter than me, but I am seeing the millions of followers that I have profoundly change their lives. A woman, for example, check this out. A woman, for example, who had dysmorphia for 20 years could not look at herself in the mirror. Just five days of doing this can now look at herself and grin because she's not seeing a body. She's seeing the human being. 
we get, received the most amazing testimonial from a woman who was in a, a, a domestic violence shelter for battered women. She wrote to us about how she has severe childhood trauma. She's just escaped this very violent relationship. She has nothing but herself and her two kids. And by looking in the mirror and setting an intention and seeing herself and being with herself and high-fiving herself, she said, I am realizing, at least I have me. Yeah. I can have my own back. Yeah, I love this. It's the stories married with the science as well. You really speak my language. It's so amazing. That particular study, and it was published in Frontiers in Psychology, by the way, and we'll put the study for folks. It surprised me that the affirmative words weren't more impactful, but then it made sense immediately because in a sense, you you have to believe it. Yes. When well, we're talking about, yeah, so go ahead. Yeah, okay, yeah. so what you're talking about, so I'm, we're gonna talk about two topics based on this question, okay? So you just said it's surprising that the affirmative words weren't more impactful. Well, here's why. Number one, affirmations and mantras don't work unless you believe them. So if you hate the way you look, you cannot stand in front of a mirror and be like, I love myself, I love myself, I love it, because you don't yet. There are two reasons why the high five works though. Because number one, you don't have to think or say anything because the messaging's already programmed here with the physical movement. And then there's a second reason, and this was just validated by Dr. Daniel Amen, who I know you know. Yeah. And so, you know, the world's leading brain expert with 65,000 brain scans. So I just met with him about the high five habit. And here are two really killer things about the high five habit and why it's so impactful to high five yourself. So this motion and this motion, the high five, we've been like raising our arms in celebration. What do you do when you score a touchdown? Ah! What do you do when you cross the finish line? Ah! What do you do when the band that you love comes out? Ah! What do you do when you see somebody you love? Give me a hug, right? When you high five somebody, you're raising your arm. The, the raised hand, physical movement is wired into your nervous system as a celebratory Wah! kind of thing. And so it gives you this jolt of energy when you do it, whether you feel energized or not. And more importantly, it also gives you a dopamine drip. And so in addition to the subconscious messaging, the physical movement impacts your nervous system. It also gives you a little dopamine drip, which boosts your confidence and your mood immediately, which makes you more receptive to feeling that positive messaging. What the hell? I mean, this like one movement has so much that's just, you can unpack with it. So you mentioned some things that we require for emotional development. We need to feel seen. We need to feel acknowledged. We need to feel like we matter. Mm -hmm. And so, but that self-acknowledgement or even self-celebration, in our culture, we are oftentimes taught to not do those Always. things. Always, not even oftentimes. So let's talk about that a little bit. Well, I think this is conditioned into human development. So in our family systems, like part of the problem with being in the business that we're in and understanding the science of things is every single day I do something and I think, oh my God, that's gonna be three years of therapy for my kid. Like, you know, they're literally getting the messaging that there's something wrong with you or you better do it this way or I'm not gonna like you. Mm -hmm. And so you get taught to fit in and fold into whatever system you're in. And so you start suppressing your need to be seen and to express yourself in order to get along, in order to fit in, in order to not piss off mom or dad, in order to receive the love and attention that you need. And so I feel like, you know, you go through this mode in life where you're born perfect, whole and complete, beautifully designed, 
to become a become an adult, right? To 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 grow. I mean, nobody has to be told how to crawl. It's it's in your DNA to watch what's going on around you and to just keep going and trying and going and trying until you figure it out. Every baby when they can crawl towards a mirror, they don't look in the mirror and are like, "Ugh, look at those fat thighs." <laughs> they literally like put their hands up on it and like they love their reflection. It is encoded in your being to love and celebrate yourself. But what happens is you start getting told, no, 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 no. You get told to shut up, to sit down, to be quiet, to you know speak, to be seen and not heard. You start to see who's in, who's out. You start to long to belong. And so then all of a sudden you are suppressing your natural desire to express yourself and to be yourself in order to fit in with everybody else. And it's normal, we all do it. We all betray ourselves this way. And then as you become an adult, you start to feel like, I feel disconnected to myself. I feel like, you know, there's something missing here. And what's missing is that deep connection with yourself. And what I'm here to say is when you start to learn how to fulfill your own emotional needs, to see yourself, to celebrate yourself, to support yourself, no matter what. Like a lot of people have tremendous amount of regrets so one of the things that happens when people first try this high five habit, you stand in front of the mirror, you're gonna do one or two things. You're either gonna get it immediately and feel the boost and be like, I cannot believe I've robbed myself of this forever. Like I, I am never gonna not do this. Or you feel massive resistance. And this is the part that's important to unpack. If you feel the resistance to celebrating yourself, this is where your low self-esteem your regrets, your worthlessness lives. This is where you judge yourself. Because most people, what we found is they resist doing it because they have a story in their head that they don't deserve it. I have done so many things in my past or I have survived so much trauma in my past, I am worthless or I am uh, unlovable. Or, un or, or the other side of this is, but I haven't done anything worthy of celebration. And so here's the sad part. If you can't support, celebrate and empower yourself because you have survived all those things and because you are standing here still breathing and still trying to do better, you will never change your life because you need support, celebration and empowerment to be able to make the changes, to be able to face the challenges you see, supporting, celebrating, and, and cheering for yourself, it doesn't remove the trauma. It doesn't remove the abuse. It doesn't remove the uh, microaggressions and the bias in this world and the violence and the poverty. What it changes is you. It changes your ability to face these things, your ability to take the actions that move the needle on these things. That's why it's powerful. Up next in this inspiration compilation is one of the most inspiring people in my life personally, really good friend, somebody that I've relied on for insights and conversations for many, many years. And I'm talking about my friend, New York Times bestselling author, Lewis Howes. Now, Lewis is the host of one of the biggest podcasts in the world, The School of Greatness. And he sat down with some of the most remarkable human beings to ever walk the planet. Now, what's also remarkable about Lewis's show is that he's also shared his life and his life story and his 
tools and strategies for success because coming from where he's come from and the the, the struggles that he's gone through himself and he spent many years as an athlete and a professional athlete as well and also in his what will be considered later years being able to become a member of the U.S. handball team after years of not playing professional sports just really speaks to his determination and of course he'll tell you his athleticism all right but also just again his determination and his ability to create a vision and to make it real but he's also shared his struggles and his biggest pain points and that's what you're going to be hearing about in this segment he's going to share how starting to operate from your power and not from your pain is revolutionary in your life check out this segment from the incredible lewis house we must take our power back we must take responsibility for the meaning we're going to create from it and we must learn to forgive and create that peace so again i went through an experience of sexual abuse that i that experienced where i was a victim of that experience it's not like i was trying to do it it happened to me right and for many, many years, 25 years, I lived as a victim quietly of that experience, which made me reactive and triggered and angry in certain scenarios in life. And it wasn't until I said, okay, I'm going to take my power back. I'm going to forgive, process, grieve, all these different things, feel all the emotions, sadness, everything, hate, anger, vengeance, all of it, process it and say, do I wanna keep feeling this way? No. So I must learn to forgive. I must learn to dive into my shame. I must learn to do the most uncomfortable thing for me. For me, that was revealing it to family and friends and then revealing it to eventually like the platform that I have yeah. because I was so ashamed of it, it still had power over me. So I realized for me, I'm not saying everyone needed to do this, I wanted to tell my family first and see if I could mend this this feeling of shame and insecurity with my family i did that step it was extremely scary to tell my family then i said man okay they're my family they have to love me right they have to accept me no matter what i go through but it created a, a, a beautiful connection with each one of us because i opened up vulnerably and they started to open up about stuff i didn't know about them so we created a better bond by being vulnerable with each other then i was like well will my friends accept me this is the true test I started telling my friends one by one, and I realized, oh wow, they actually accepted me. Now you've gotta make sure you're in the right place discerning when you tell people something that you're scared of or ashamed of, and make sure that you think they can receive it. So that's for another conversation, but don't just open up if you feel like they're not in a good place to receive it. After that, I still thought to myself, huh, but I'm, I'm worried about how my community, my audience, my customers think of me still. It was still a fear of mine and an insecurity. If they know this about me, would they accept me? Mm. So I just kept going down more and more levels because I wanted freedom. Yeah. I didn't feel free internally, and I thought, I just gotta keep going then. So it was every level was scary to release the shame to talk about it. But when I started to do that, I remember opening up about it publicly on my podcast, this was about nine and a half years ago, and thinking my life is over. My business is over. No one's gonna listen to me. No one's gonna watch anything. Like, it's over. Like, but I was like, I'd rather it be over and me be free mm -hmm. than living a lie and people not knowing the truth about my shame. And once I did that, 
it took maybe like, it was a process and a journey. It took maybe another year and a half, two years until I felt like I can talk about this and not feel triggered. I can think about it and not be triggered. It doesn't mean I, that I wasn't frustrated about it and I wish it didn't happen, but I can accept it, move on, forgive it, and create meaning around it that now I have this problem in the world that I wanna solve. I wanna help people, especially men, which is a problem, one in six men have been sexually abused. I wanted to help men create safe environments for them to mend this shame, heal this shame and let go of it and feel safe to talk about it. Because most men never do talk about these things, whether it's sexual abuse or any other shames. We just don't talk about it. So I said, now there's a problem in the world and a lot of pain in the world is caused by men who are angry, who don't have a safe environment to communicate. When you see about all the mass shootings in the world, most of them are by men. Most of them by men who struggle emotionally. They don't have a safe space. They don't have a lot of friends. And they don't feel like they can talk about or heal the different pains of their past. And if we can do that, I feel like men will be a lot more peaceful and cause less pain in their relationships. They won't leave their partners. They'll show up for their kids better. They won't hurt their communities. They'll show up better in their power, not in their pain. So I was like, here's a problem I wanna solve. Something I went through, now it's a problem I wanna solve. My friend Rory Vaden says that we are perfectly positioned to help the person we once were. And if you lost 100 pounds, you're perfectly positioned to help someone else who's 100 pounds overweight. You've been through that pain, you've been through that journey, you know it better than anyone. And you're more credible because you were that at once. So maybe that's a problem that you wanna solve in the world. You wanna end, rid the world of obesity and diabetes because you've reversed it for yourself. And you know the freedom on the other side. And, and again, it, it can serve us in feeling comfortable you know, and not having to overcome and face these insecurities and fears, but it'll keep making you triggered. It'll keep making you feel powerless. Yeah. And so if you want to be powerful and truly feel free, you have to overcome the victim consciousness, the victim mentality, and step into your power. All right, I hope that you're enjoying this inspiration compilation. Up next, we've got another best-selling author and superstar in the world of podcasting, in the world of content creation, in the world of education and motivation. I'm talking about Lisa Bilyeu. Lisa is the co-founder of the billion-dollar Quest Nutrition brand and Impact Theory and Impact Theory Studios, which her show that is one of the shows under that umbrella is Women of Impact. And Lisa is just an absolute powerhouse and incredibly insightful and just a really awesome person to spend time with. And in this clip, she's gonna be sharing the truth about failure and a new way to think about building confidence. Check out this clip from the amazing Lisa Bilyeu. I think we mistake confidence with like, we wanna feel good. So anything we wanna start, I want the confidence. So what they're really saying is, I wanna feel really good about myself before I start this, because right now I'm really scared. And so I think that that's what actually holds us back. And that was what I realized is that we so focus on feeling good about ourselves before we start something that we end up getting stuck and maybe we don't take that first step forward. So the thing that I try to say is think about confidence as the byproduct. 
it's the end goal. So now instead of focusing on you want that first, I want people to ask themselves right now, what do you want confidence in? Because that will help orient, that will help give someone that North Star. And you can hear me talk about the North Star a lot. Um, but that is your goal. So if you say, I want confidence to start a YouTube channel, okay, great. Now, the great news is you can actually start a YouTube channel and still feel badly about yourself and still not know what you're doing. But what the point is, is that every day you can show up, you can try something new yeah. and you can learn from it. So that eventually, maybe you have a YouTube channel. And then once you have the YouTube channel, you keep doing it until you start to get good at it. Once you start to get good at it, that's the competence part. Then once you're competent, think about it. When you walk into the gym the first day, you're freaking scared. But after a year, you know how to pick up those weights, you know how to do the moves. So you walk into the, even just walking into the gym, you have more confidence but that comes from knowing understanding learning making mistakes growing adapting and then the confidence is the end part so i think the best thing that ever happened to me was realizing oh stop focusing on confidence you just want to feel good about yourself but what i did and what i wrote about in the books why i titled it radical confidence because that really does mean i put one foot and step in front of the other even when i'm scared even when I don't know what I'm doing, even when I'm actually inadequate. It's not like, oh, but Lisa, you're just putting yourself down. No, no, I'm actually inadequate to doing this thing. But you know what? I'm not going to let that stop me. I'm going to learn. And then you come up with a blueprint, a step-by-step -step guide on how you're going to get there. Because I don't know about your audience and I don't know about you, but for me, that voice in my head can be crippling. Mm. The negative voice that's telling me, you're no good, Lisa. You don't know what you're doing. Imposter syndrome alert. You're not as good as Tom. All these thoughts are very real and so do I let that negative voice hold me back or do I keep going and the radical confidence is I keep going and I figure it out along the way yes oh it's so powerful and it's so logical too that's the thing we tend to have this like I'm gonna have the confidence and yeah, then do the yeah. thing and the secret is the opposite you know you develop the confidence by doing the thing yeah. right but this doesn't necessarily mean you haphazardly rush into things. Right. This is why I love your approach as well, because it's just like, what can you do to put yourself in position to increase the odds of good things happening? Yeah. But even still, and I don't think a lot of people realize this, challenges are gonna come up, stuff that you don't expect, you're gonna have problems, you're gonna have failures. Mm -hmm. But each and every one of these steps is gonna to help to build that confidence. Yeah, we all so worry about failure. Right, like what does it mean about us? Someone else doesn't fail, so now maybe I'm a failure. And this is the thing I'm really trying to drum into. I think everything stems from how we think about things. And so if you think that failing means you're a failure, you're gonna feel worse about yourself, you're not gonna try again. But if you just say, um, failing actually means that I care enough about my life to give it a shot. Yeah. Now, when you fail, you're not gonna feel that emotional dent that now it's a negative thing on you. You're gonna be like, oh, I really care about my life and that's why I did it. And so hopefully the idea is, is that that mindset, that way of thinking is now helping you get back up so you can go again and try again. And so that is one thing of just how do we see failure is gonna be imperative. So one of the chapters in the book is when the hits the fan, wear goggles. And the whole point of that chapter is we so worry, oh my God, is this gonna hit the fan meaning are we gonna mess up is failure about to happen and we so worry about it that that's what we end up focusing on and we spend so much time and energy focused on oh my god i hope we don't fail now the beautiful thing is that enlightened me was i looked at every successful person on the planet and was like oh they've all failed 
great. So now maybe that means it's a stepping stone in the right direction. And so now when that happens again, you don't think of it as being part of who you are. You think of it as being part of the process. And now if you can think of it as being part of the process, you're not spending a damn minute or energy worrying about it. What you're doing is you're thinking about if it does, what am I going to do? How am I going to show up? Am I going to let this, you know, bring me to my knees and stay there? Or am I going to get back up? That's the wearing the goggles part. It's how do I clean it up when it happens? And now my time and energy is actually focused on getting back up instead of worrying about falling down. There's an overlooked secret about motivation that you need to know about. Yes, we can pull ourselves up from our bootstraps. We can dig deep and be able to show up and to perform even under the most dire circumstances. But when we don't have a reserve built up, when we're not in a place where we don't have a solid baseline of health and fitness, we're going to be digging ourselves a hole that many people unfortunately are unable to dig themselves out of. Yes, we could still, again, dig deep and be able to reach our hand out from that hole that we're digging, almost like a, a scary movie punching our hand through the ground, or we can create a solid foundation of health and fitness so that when life's inevitable stressors hit, we have a reserve built up. And in particular, we need to make sure that we have a reserve built of key nutrients. Number one, we wanna eat whole, real foods as the vast majority of our diet. And especially in our world today with rampant stress and just this kind of looming environmental toxicity that we're all exposed to and it's just the nature of living in this world today we want to make sure that we're doing a little something extra and getting real health insurance not in the form of a quote multivitamin which those are largely coming from synthetic versions of nutrients not to mention all of the binders and fillers and all that nonsense we want to get real whole food superfood concentrates so that we're actually getting the nutrients in a bioavailable form and for me and my family, this is why we look to Organifi. And Organifi is hooking you up right now with a $70 gift for a limited time. When you purchase their incredible Sunrise to Sunset kit, this includes their organic green juice formula, red juice, and gold formulas. Not only will you get 20% off plus free shipping, for a limited time, you'll also receive their brain health blend called Organifi Pure for free. That's right, you're going to receive a free 30 count box of Organifi Pure Travel Packs, typically priced at $69.95. Again, for free. Just go to Organifi.com forward slash model right now. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash model. Get your hands on their incredible Sunrise to Sunset Kit for 20% off plus free shipping. And again, for a limited time, you'll also receive their Brain Health Blend Organifi Pure for free. And just to get a quick peek at what you're gonna get in the Organifi Pure Blend, you're gonna get Baobab. Now, if you're wondering what Baobab is, it's a superfruit that's been prized for thousands of years. And two studies, including a randomized controlled trial published in the journal Nutrition Research, found that Baobab was able to significantly reduce the blood sugar response and insulin response when people were given high glycemic foods like white bread. And we know that regulating our blood sugar and our insulin is critical to our cognitive performance. And in addition, specifically, there's also organic 
coffee fruit extract that's been recently shown to support brain-derived neurotropic factor in the brain, as well as lion's mane, is in this incredible blend as well. Again, go to Organifi.com forward slash model. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash model. Get a free $70 gift of Organifi Pure plus 20% off and free shipping at checkout for their Sunrise to Sunset kit of Organifi Green Juice, Red Juice, and Gold. That's Organifi.com forward slash model. And now getting back to our inspiration compilation. Next up, we've got somebody who's truly been dubbed a thought leader in our world today. He's been recognized by Oprah Winfrey as one of her Super Soul 100, Forbes 30 under 30. He has like 30 million followers on his respective social media platforms. His videos have literally billions of views. But most importantly, he's a real person. I'm talking about he's a real one. I know him from going to the same university together. I know him from being somebody who's incredibly insightful and empowering and always looking for a way to serve. And I'm talking about none other than Prince EA. Now, in this clip, he's going to be sharing with you why your perception of yourself is so important why stopping is a door to real happiness and how to see yourself as you truly are. Check out the segment from the one and only Prince EA. It starts with being. You gotta be that person who thinks that they deserve that life, those things, right? That peace. It's not just for this, it's for you. And until you recognize that you are worthy of that, that that's your birthright, that you are a, a, a creator, it ain't for you. It's, it's just going to be something you look at a distance and you say, ah, maybe one day or, man, that'll never happen. Until you can be in that, in that stillness, in that now, and recognize that these negative thoughts are just thoughts. They're just clouds going to and fro in the sky. You don't have to believe the thought. I tell people, you know, <laughs> we don't have to be loyal to thoughts that are not loyal to us. <laughs> Facts. You know, if you have a negative thought, ask yourself, where will that negative thought get me if I continue to believe it? Just ask yourself that. And you, I mean, hopefully you'll change your way of thinking, right? Um, I studied uh, CBT. I love CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, I like to call it crushing bad thoughts, because I think, by and large, it's the it's the gold standard of therapy and of getting rid of negative thinking patterns. And in cognitive behavioral therapy, um, they have what's called a, it's a list of maybe ten cognitive distortions. Uh, ways in which we cause our own suffering. Uh, there's all or nothing thinking, there's black or white thinking, there's emotional reasoning. Um, one way that I think disturbs most people is called masturbation, right? Another name is shooting yourself. 
So masturbation is when you put a must on reality. You put a demand on reality instead of a preference. They must do that. I must do that. Or I should do that. He shouldn't have blocked me off in traffic like that. When you argue with reality, you lose. And not only do you lose, you get beat up. You get beat down when you argue with reality. Mm -hmm. And so when we can eliminate the shoulds and the musts from our thinking, ah, oh man, that's, I think, when we can when we can come to our own power, we can we can step into our own power and purpose. Um, and that's when we have a, a, a clear mind. Uh, they say the mind is a, uh, a terrible master, but a great servant. And I think for so many of us, uh, the minds are the mind is our master. <laughs> and as I say, it's time for a revolution. I could get into language and how uh, I think it was Ludwig Wittgenstein said the the limits of my language are the limits of my world. Language is so important. What you call yourself. Um, in anthropology, we learned about this theory called the Sapir-Whorf hypothesis, uh, which essentially is your language determines your reality. Um, I don't think people know how important that is. Uh, there's a tribe, uh, I think the Himba tribe in South Africa, and, um, Namibia. Basically, they they don't have a word for blue, so they can't see blue. They can't tell the difference between blue and green. They don't have a word for it. The words, the language creates our reality so i think first we recognize this right this is the this is the first step to uh dissolve the polarization to recognize that these all these labels are artificial all these lines on the map are drawn in sand we created them we made them up <laughs> So once we recognize they're artificial and have no basis in a scientific reality, then we can start living, start getting closer to living in truth. So I think that's that's one big step. Um, when you talk about the the <laughs> the platforms, the the social media, the uh, algorithms, oh man, it's I mean I. I think it is evil, right? It's it's, <laughs> it's it's really sucking your attention in. I mean, there was this old poem from a pastor years ago. It was called "If I Was the Devil," and I mean, if I was the devil, I would certainly create something like uh, what we have with social media to keep people focused and you know to to keep activating the primal parts of the brain and keep people obsessed and addicted and. Um, keep lowering their self-esteem. That's what I would do if I was the devil. Um, so I think first we have to, we have, we have to recognize that we're all one, that these labels are artificial and that everything that we see, both good and bad has come out of the human mind, human consciousness. 
And as Zig Ziglar uh, used to say, um, who you are is because every of everything that's gone into your mind and you could change who you are by changing what's going into your mind. Mm. So honestly, I think everybody needs to stop. <laughs> I think I think silence is so important. Uh, the ego has, I think, had its its run, and I think it's time uh, to 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 shift uh, how to, who's in charge. But that only happens when the individual takes responsibility. Oh, can we curse here? Absolutely. Okay, the responsibility. I know that's a curse word. <laughs> uh, a lot of people don't like it. Um, when when we can really become responsible for who we are and how we show up and focus on those seven pillars to get us right, mm -hmm. <laughs> to get the man right, to get the woman right, that's how everything changes. If not, we're just going to continue to be victims of our our, our, our greed, our profit, our ambition, our desires. And nobody's happy doing that. I've had the chance to meet millionaires and billionaires and people at, you know, royalty. And I've also met people with no money in the streets of Delhi in India. And there's a, there's a joy on their faces and energy that they vibrate that the billionaire just doesn't some of them just don't have. <laughs> so I think many people have become victims of their ambition, striving for uh, this thing, uh, generational wealth. And what's generational wealth without generational health? You, you make a bunch of money and you pass down the money, but you also pass down the energy you use to get the money. <laughs> you're carrying, you're continuing a toxic pattern. You're trying to do what you think is right, but you haven't stopped. You haven't recognized that this, this ambitious desire has never made you truly happy. It's only given you temporary pleasure and pleasure is different from happiness pleasure is different from joy um, so yeah so I think we I think stopping is key there's this story I love I, I uh, comes from uh, this Indian sage named Ramana Maharshi huge fan of him um he was a guru that taught a practice called self-inquiry and it's super important to um, I think it's the quickest way to enlightenment the lazy man's way to enlightenment uh, asking yourself who, who am I um, so anyway there's this story from him and this this disciple he had uh, this guy he traveled thousands of miles to come to India and meet this man and when he met him he bowed and you know touched his feet 
And he said, Master, can you tell me who I am? And Ramana, he said, go back to where you came. And everybody around was like, what? How, how insensitive, go back to you. This man traveled all of these, mil these thousands of miles to get to here and you tell him to go back to where he came? But what he meant was go back to where you came, go back to that silence before the beliefs, before the concepts, go back to where you came. And I think if all of us can go back to where we came, what a world. Next up, we've got another best-selling author and someone who's actually the president of Success Magazine and Success Enterprises. So he definitely knows a thing or 20 about success. Now, he actually comes from a family with a strong history or tie to personal development. His father is Tony Robbins, and Tony was an understudy of Jim Rohn who's a legend in the personal development space. Now you would think with these influences that this incredible individual would just be teeming with inspiration and insight and a life on easy street, but that's not how things work. All right, he's gone through tremendous struggles and working to figure things out for his own life. And you know, Success Magazine and being the president of that entity was such a far thing removed from his mind and his vision of his own life. He didn't even know he would be in this space, but through a series of events, he found himself in a position to be able to educate and empower other individuals. And he is one of the best in the world to do it. I'm talking about the incredible Jarek Robbins. And in this segment, he's gonna be sharing with you the power of being excellent in your craft and how you can actually bend reality. Check out the segment from the incredible Jarek Robbins. I was telling you a story in, I think it was 1996, the NBA finals. It was the Jazz and the Bulls. I hope I got the year right. And I had a chance to go with my dad to one of the finals games. We had flown in. It was in Chicago. I think it was a game six. Uh, Michael Jordan we were supposed to was supposed to win that night, so we wanted to be there to experience it. And fast forward, he missed the game-winning shot, which is never fun when you're at your home court and you kind of miss the shot thing. Um, and it, it it was interesting. I mean, he wasn't in the best mood, and he just he was frustrated. They just lost the game. It was supposed to be game-winner. They had everything set up that night of them winning, like all the things around town, like everything was ready to go, and it just he missed the shot, which is was rare, but it happens. And so afterwards, we had a chance to go into the tunnel and wait just to say hi to him very briefly as he was kind of heading his way after the game out back home. And so we were waiting in the tunnel and you could look around and see the energy of the people and it was kind of like nervous and relaxed and just people after a game saying hey and talking to each other and, and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, I said, it's kind of like Neo in the Matrix where when he finds out he can bend reality, how the walls bend, all of a sudden you could see the energy of the room bending, moving, or humans kind of like popcorn where the energy was just turning on in people because, and I didn't see it was him. I just saw the energy started to change in that side of the room. And then people over here started to kind of energize. And then people over here started to energize and people over here started to energize. And then I was like, oh shoot, it's him. 
And as he moved through the room, the energy kind of popped like popcorn in the different people who started to notice he was there moving into the room. And I noticed that, and it was one of the first times in my life I was like, wow, he kind of bended the energy of the room as he moved through it. Like, that's interesting. And the piece that I said to you was, I don't know if it's some like magic superpower he'd had inside of himself that as he walked through the room, it was him doing that. Or was it the perception people had in their mind of who they thought him to be that was causing them to experience the bend in reality as he moved through it and for them to show up? Jim Carrey said something interesting. He said, the cool part about being super famous and the way he's well-known all over the world is when people meet him, they present their best self, meaning they energize all the way up and then present the best version of themselves to him when they see him. And I went, wow, I wonder if that has to do with him or I wonder if that has to do with the perception of who they think he is. And I think it's a combination of both. I think it's a combination of who that person has decided to be in the world. And these people have produced excellence in their craft. They really have. I mean, Jim Carrey produced excellence in his craft of, of being funny and acting and, and being that kind of guy. Uh, Michael Jordan produced excellence in his craft. He wasn't all the, always the most friendly human in the world, according to all the footage. But he produced excellence on the court. Like, he was one of the best in the world at what he did. And so when people experienced it, it caused them to present their absolute best to him, which was amazing. And so I always look at that and I think, wow, how do we seek excellence in whatever it is that we're deciding to be so that we can cause that leveling up of humans around us? Mm -hmm. Can we be the type of family person or can we be the type of of human being that just cares or can we can we be the type of person who learns at an insane level what could we do with total and complete excellence so that when we walk through a room people decide to present their absolute best to us because they're honoring the dedication to the craft that's been there side topic for right now i think with what's going on in the world so much chaos so much uncertainty i just saw an article that one of the number one concerns in america right now is people concerned about being able to buy groceries in the near future like there's some real concern going on i think something that's given me immense certainty at any stage of my life when i've done really well in business when i had nothing <laughs> like you know i, I was trying to figure out how I was going to pay rent because I had credit card bills and stuff stacked up and not enough money. I had, I had more bills than money at that point. And so in between all those, something I learned a long time ago from the beginning was what they used to do way back in history, which was you honed a, a craft. It was called What's Your Craft? And you went and found a very specific thing Oftentimes you found a mentor. Oftentimes you became a uh, an understudy or I'm trying to think. Apprentice. Of, an apprentice. You became an apprentice of someone who had mastered a craft so that they can teach you how to master the craft yourself. And the craft was a basic way that you brought value to society. And when you had mastered a craft, you could go anywhere in the world and take the mastery of that craft with you 
and provide valuable additions to the local society you belong to, which means you could trade for food, you could trade for a place to stay, you could trade for a life to take care of the ones you love. Somewhere in my mind around 16 years old, I said, okay, what are the crafts or skills I'm gonna master that would be relevant anywhere in the world, in any village, in any situation, that if I had these tools, I could go anywhere and have the ability to know you could take me to a place I've never been with people I've never met in a place I don't speak the language, and within a short period of time, i.e. five to seven days, I could trade for food, trade for a place to live, trade for a lifestyle, and trade to be able to take care of the ones I love. And what's interesting is when you master skills like that with that intention, where the economy goes doesn't make a difference. Because you know if all else failed, you can go anywhere in the world mm -hmm. and within a short period of time at enough value that you could take care of the ones you love and have a great life. And so in times like this, I go back to the basics of have people chose to master a craft, anything. I mean, you could master listening yeah. as your craft. You could master talking as your craft. You could master book writing. You could master cupcake making. It doesn't matter, find your craft. Mm -hmm. But if you chose to master a specific craft, you can look at places in the world and say, where would this be valuable? And I could at any moment re relocate if I had to, which many people have over the years through wars and situations in the world, they've had to relocate. But find your craft to give yourself the courage and the confidence that no matter where I go, I'll find a way to have a great life. We're now at our final segment in this inspiration compilation i hope that you're enjoying this to wrap things up we've got one of my favorite conversations that i've had recently and somebody who truly his energy fills the room there's no wonder that he is an absolute superhero on the big screen and this movie star i'm talking about the star of the superhero movies shazam and also other roles like playing in the biopic of Kurt Warner, American Underdog, and many other incredible films. This is a segment from the one and only Zach Levi. Now, I'm telling you now, again, you might see somebody on social media or you see their movie and you can't really get a sense of, is this person really about that life? Are they really congruent? And I'm telling you, Zach is a real one. He truly is. Even in the, our full conversation, he was addressing the absolute travesty that's happening in our society with drug companies being able to manipulate science and manipulate marketing and to put their hooks into our citizens. And so many other things that we discussed, but most importantly, we talked about being able to empower oneself and to be able to cultivate a degree of self-love in a world that is constantly telling us that we're not enough. And so in this segment from the incredible Zachary Levi, you're gonna hear about the power of vulnerability and self-love. Check out the segment from the incredible Zachary Levi. You are not the voice of your mind, you are the one who hears it. And if you can't recognize that, your mind's gonna tell you all kinds of stuff like, like it did to me. You're not worth anything. Nobody cares. You're f you f 
fucked up your life. You're a failure. You're all of these things. And when you just sit in your own thoughts all the time, because you don't have other people to bounce that off of or tell you that you have worth, even if by just existing. Yeah. yeah that's going to lead to a myriad problems in the rest of your life. Ever since I was a kid, I love people. I love, I've always felt called to, to love people, to bring as much joy into this world as I can, to bring as much healing into this world as I can, to, to be a leader within that. And I love that we can go through really gnarly in our life. And if we can trust that to God, the universe, you know, however, you know, somebody wants to kind of um, acknowledge that, that power, that presence, um, there's redemption in that. And it's not just redemption for you. Like I went through this gnarly stuff that I almost didn't survive. I'm so grateful that I did. But being able to talk about it, you know, people have said like, is that really hard? Is it scary being vulnerable? I'm like, to be perfectly honest, it's not. It's really not. Because every time I've ever been vulnerable, and I try to be vulnerable quite often to be, you know, because I, I try to be as, as transparent and authentic a person as I can. And in doing so, you end up making yourself vulnerable. But it's only ever brought good to my life only net only positive i don't there's not like you know there might be some person some yahoo out there is like well, i can't believe he, that person did that i can't believe they would say that but that's just because they're dealing with whatever they're dealing with in in their own heart you know and that's part of what we talk about in the book it's like recognizing that everyone is on their journey everyone is doing their best and to anybody out there who's listening to this right now like give yourself a fucking break you're doing the best that you can you, you you are it might not feel like it but you are and then in that, through that grace, have a little more grace and patience and empathy with yourself. And then go and love on yourself. There is real, real power in our ability to tap into that energy. It's real. I mean, that, that if our negative thoughts affect our bodies negatively, which even physicians can agree that that is a part of it, then why isn't the opposite true? And it is true. It is true. And when you get enough people all together focusing positively on the same thing, mm. you can manifest really big things. Guess what, people? That's called prayer it's we've been doing it for thousands of years prayer manifestation whatever you want to call it that's what that is and it's real and i think that if we can tap into that together communally as a you know as, as people we could change all this we could change it tomorrow but we have to but again getting to that point means really getting to a point where you can love yourself love yourself so that you can love others so you don't have to go bully those other kids in school so you don't have to go treat other people like so you can really genuinely be a part of making this world a better place Thank you so very much for tuning into this episode today. If you got a lot of value out of this, please share this inspiration out with your friends and family. Take a screenshot of the episode. You can share it on social media. Of course, you can tag me. I'm at Sean Model on Instagram and on Twitter. I'm at The Model Health Show on Facebook. And listen, we've got some epic, I'm talking about epic masterclasses and the most incredible guests coming your way very soon we are just getting warmed up so make sure to stay tuned take care have an amazing day and i'll talk with you soon and for more after the show make sure to head over to themodelhealthshow.com that's where you can find all of the show notes you can find transcriptions videos for each episode and if you got a comment you can leave me a comment there as well and please make sure to head over to itunes and leave us a rating to let everybody know that the show is awesome and i appreciate that so much and take care. I promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great content to help you transform your life. Thanks for tuning in.